Hello, this is Marlene Birch with the Saskatchewan Wheat Market Outlook for February 12th. More detail on the wheat markets can be found in the written report on the Sask Wheat website. Regarding overall comments on last week's markets, U.S. wheat futures were weighed down by a strong U.S. dollar, an improved crop outlook, and a basically bearish WASDE report. Hartford Winter had the most significant weekly losses at 24 cents on the week. Matif wheat in Europe also lost 5 euros per ton last week, and Australian March wheat futures ended the week down 12 Australian dollars per ton to settle near contract lows. We had the February USDA WASDE reports last week, and for wheat, global stocks actually fell by 590,000 tons. But there were no significant changes to the overall balance sheet in this report, but EU wheat ending stocks keep increasing and the EU and Black Sea will have to keep fighting for markets. Trade estimates for this week's USDA Ag Outlook Forum are expected to be out later today and we could see some producers selling ahead of what is expected to be a bearish forum. Again, wheat futures lost value last week and Friday's futures closes were as follows. March contract Chicago winter wheat closed at 5.966, down 3 cents on the week. March 24 Kansas hardware winter wheat closed at 6.014, down 24 cents on the week. And March 24 Minneapolis hardware spring wheat closed at 6.84, down 15 cents on the week. U.S. wheat futures are currently trading 2 to 4 cents higher this Monday morning at the time of taping. Over the weekend, there were reports of Russia and Ukraine attacking transport ships in the Black Sea, which could slow exports out of that region. In terms of cash trades last week, there was little volume business to speak of. Japan bought 136,000 tons of milling wheat in their weekly tender from the US, Canada, and Australia. Tunisia's state agency is said to have bought about 100,000 tons of durum wheat in a tender last Wednesday. And Jordan is tendering for 120,000 tons of milling wheat for reply next Wednesday. Weekly US export sales were up 17% for old crop with 378,000 tons sold along with 8,100 tons of new crop wheat. So he now here are comments on the major markets by wheat origin. And per usual, we start with Canada. We received both the StatsCan D stocks numbers and the December export numbers last week. The StatsCan grain stocks as of December 31, 2020 showed that all wheat stocks were at 20.7 million tons, which was on par with trade gases and down 10.3% from last year. Wheat excluding Durham stocks were shown at 17.2 million tons, 6.8% below last year's. On-farm stocks were down 8.1%, while commercial stocks were down just 0.7%. If you find graphs helpful, have a look at the stocks graphs in the physical reports. December 23 wheat exports amounted to 1.85 million tons compared to 2 million tons shipped in November. 
year-to-date exports for August through December 23 added to 9.25 million tons compared to 8.29 the previous year. That's a 12% increase. The biggest buyer from Canada in December was Indonesia, followed by China and Bangladesh. And weekly exports based on the CGC numbers for week 27 were quite good again, advancing year-to-date weekly exports to 10.9 million tons compared to 10.3 last year to date. If we could just keep up the pace, this would give us 21 million tons of exports for this crop year, which would then bring ending stocks down to close to 2.5 million tons <coughs> compared to 3.2 million in 22-23. AFC is forecasting a 20 million ton export program <coughs> for both 23-24 and 24-25, where we think we should be able to get at least 250,000 tons higher. We will see. USDA left the Canadian wheat S&D unchanged from last month. We did not get the spark in spring wheat last week and we think the market will be mostly sideways, but we want to look for opportunities to sell another 20% depending <coughs> of wheat, depending on what's being offered in your location. With markets technically oversold, we should see some short covering to keep prices at least steady. Moving to Durham, we talked about the export situation and competition by Turkey at length last week, so we will not repeat the same discussion. In essence, we think that Canada lost anywhere from 1 to 1.3 million tons of export potential to Turkey this year, and this volume is not likely recoverable for this season. We are, however, watching for potential opportunity for some additional sales to Europe or North Africa, although last week's aggressive Turkish sales might have negated the opportunity for a decent price increase into the European Union. In last week's stocks reports, StatScan showed total Durham stocks at 2.96 million tons, which is 27% below last year's. On-farm stocks were down 29%, while commercial stocks were down close to 20%. Almost 80% of all Durham stocks remain on farm. The trade had expected Durham stocks at 2.9 million, so there was no major surprise here. Also, per StatScan last week, December 23 Durham exports by destination amounted to 267,000, advancing year to date exports to 1.3 million compared to 1.9 million last year to date. The biggest buyer from Canada in December was the United States, followed by Morocco and Algeria. <clears throat> if we cannot speak up at exports, then we are looking at just under 3.1 million tons of exports for the whole crop year, compared to 5 million last crop year. Giving our export projection of 3.2 million, we would see Durham ending stocks increase to 630,000 from 450,000 ton last year. Historically, this is not bad, but nevertheless, it is higher than expected. Weekly Durham exports for week 27 were okay at 68,000 tons, but that is not near enough to even start catching up on previous year's exports. Year-to-date exports uh, as of week 27 of 1.6 million tons trail last year's by 1.2 million. We would like to be 100% sold old crop Durham 
and would like you to watch for any opportunities to sell the remaining 20%. Moving on to the United States. Weekly US export sales of 378,000 were within trade expectations. With respect to the USDA WASDE reports, for the US, USDA showed a decrease in domestic consumption by 270,000 tons and ending stocks increased by the same amount. In global wheat production, USDA increased it by just under a million tons, primarily due to an increase in Argentine wheat to 15.5 million tons. On the consumption side, global feed demand was lowered by 600,000, although global exports were raised by 1.15 million, with increases for Argentina and Australia. Global stocks actually fell by 590,000 tons. But in the end analysis, there were no significant changes to the overall balance sheet. But at the same time, EU wheat ending stocks keep increasing and the EU and Black Sea will have to keep fighting for markets. Moving to Australia. As mentioned, Australian March wheat futures ended the week down by 12 Australian dollars per ton to settle near contract lows in a very quiet trade ahead of the Chinese lunar year holidays. USDA left the Australian production unchanged, but switched 500,000 tons out of domestic feed and into exports. In Argentina, weather models are calling for Argentine, Argentina to be hot and dry for the next week. USDA raised Argentine wheat production by half a million tons to 15.5 million. USDA lowered Brazilian production to 8.1, while CONAB at the same time increased it by 2 million tons to 10.2. There are perhaps some questions around the validity of the USDA numbers here. Argentine wheat remains well offered in the mid to high 230s, but like most origins, exporters would prefer to see a more active demand environment. Official data suggests that exporters there are sitting on a lot of wheat with licenses taken, but against limited demand. In the European Union, Matif wheat lost five euros per ton last week, primarily after the Russian government reduced the recommended export floor price from 250 to 235 US dollars per ton. Following that, USD increased EU imports to 12 million tons lowered production by 300,000 and surprisingly increased domestic feeding to raise ending stocks by a small 200,000 tons. The 200,000 ton increase in ending stocks is really negligible, but it did continue the trend of rising stocks for the fifth USDA report running. Regarding the Black Sea, USDA left the Russian SMD unchanged. The main news this week from this region was the reduction of the Russian floor price from 250 to $235 a ton. This took Russian FOB prices down to the mid-220s. Reuters issued unconfirmed reports from Russia over the weekend that Ukrainian seaborne drones targeted a civilian vessel. To summarize what we consider most significant during the past week, well, U.S. wheat futures were weighed down by a strong U.S. dollar, an improved crop outlook, and basically a bearish WASDE report. Hard work winter had the most significant weekly losses at 24 cents on the week. 
Australian March wheat futures also ended the week down and so did Matif wheat with a five euro per ton loss. Markets are technically oversold and we could see some short covering to help keep prices steady. In Canada, the StatScan December uh, stocks report showed all wheat stocks at 20.7 million tons, which was on par with average trade gases and is down 10.3% on last year. Canadian wheat exports to week 27 are 6% ahead of last year. And Canadian Durham exports to week 27 are 42% below last year's as discussed earlier. Feb USDA the February USDA Worcester report for the US showed a decrease in domestic consumption and an equivalent increase in ending stocks. In global numbers, there were no major changes to the overall balance sheet, but EU wheat ending stocks keep increasing and the EU and Black Sea are looking for more markets. So how would we summarize the week? The EU and Russia and Ukraine need to see record export demand for February through to June to meet USDA projections. And there seems to be little evidence at the moment that demand will come close to those numbers. At the same time, traders are concerned about the developments in the Middle East and about geopolitical disputes in general. This kind of environment will keep markets steady to lower, but as the cheapest food grain being the cheapest food grain could support wheat rather than corn. However, the government's action last week to drop the recommended export floor price shows the Russians are ready to continue fighting for markets. We would be fully sold Durham and look for opportunities in strain wheat. This is Marlene Burft with the Saskatchewan Wheat Market Outlook. You can find the complete report online at sasweed.ca. Have a great week.